Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. How glorious is this, JD? Hello, everybody. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that didn't take itself or the game too seriously. That is Tim's fabled song. Tim, what have you done? I love it so much. It's an absolute banger. So I, I mentioned this on the last episode of the podcast. It's been um, it's been played in all the stadiums in France that I've been at. And I, I didn't know what song it was. And I mentioned it on the last podcast. We have had so many messages. And thank you so much for all the emails, uh, tweets, DMs, uh, let me know. And even stories surrounding that song that have been sent on voice notes, WhatsApp groups. It is... Um, I think it's called La Pena Bayona, and it it's is? a song heavily tied to Bayonne Rugby Club in the Basque region, and uh, it's been adopted all around France during this Rugby World Cup. So tell me this, Tim, if you became an honorary Frenchman, which I believe you're on the verge of doing right now, would you would you adopt Bayonne and being Basque as your French national uh, French identity? Well, on, on the strength of that, loving that song so much and that being where it comes from but i mean do you remember we went through this in fact oh my goodness you just sparked an idea do you remember when phil didn't have a rugby team because he played at such a high level <laughs> he, never, he never had a team yeah that's and true. We, we, we had a, we had a thing on the podcast where people could pitch and he would pick a team and he ended up being an ulster fan which he has been for now nine years uh we because we love the top 14 but i don't have a team maybe we could go through a process where we select our top 14 team and at the moment i'm all in on bayon well you'd struggle because aren't bayon in pro de deux well yeah that's fine I'm, I'm I'm all about grassroots there we go so maybe maybe you choose a pro de deux team because there's or, a, or just a french team yeah maybe maybe it's a great idea love it because the future as i've said is french so it makes yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense now if do, I, do you have a french team already or would you be open do I, ever, I mean, I love to lose. I do love to lose. But there again, it's one of those things. Glory like, Hunter. Yeah, I look, at, I look at it from across the channel. In the same way I love Real Madrid because they entertained me as a kid. You know, I don't know anything about Spanish football. In the same way I don't know much about uh, French rugby. I know a bit more about French rugby than Spanish football, in fairness. But you know, it's that glitz and that glamour. I've always said, if I could be a professional rugby player, the two clubs I'd want to play for, or maybe the three would be Leicester, um, Toulouse, and Bath. Don't know which order, because of the glamour. Yeah, 
I mean, that Thunderdome Rasting Stadium is pretty special. Oh, it's well. cool. Yeah, Rasting another one, which I absolutely love. But again, I think once you got into it, you'd probably get tribal and hate everybody else. So I'm quite happy to admire French rugby from afar so I don't get into that tribal trap and then start hating everyone. Well, just on just on other matters um, that aren't around the World Cup, just for a second, I was looking at the rugby, because I'm so taken by Portugal. I was looking at the rugby Europe, and we and if you listen to the podcast, you'll know how much we love Spain and have yeah. been out to Madrid, supported the Spanish team. Um, I was looking at the Rugby Europe Championship fixtures. Their grand final is on the Sunday. They've scheduled it after the Super Saturday. So the Super Saturday final round of, uh, of matches for the Six Nations is Saturday the 17th of March. Sunday the 18th of March is the Rugby Europe Championship Grand Final. Sure. I reckon wherever that is, and I don't know where it is, whether it's at one of the nations, I just reckon we go all in. Spain, yes. Portugal, yes. Georgia, no. Um, <laughs> Romania, no. Uh, I'm not going east. And do you know what? My prediction, what, 12 months, 18 months ago, never to go east again? Bearing out pretty nicely at the moment, isn't it, Tim? I can't argue with that, mate. I, c- I cannot argue with that. But anyway, so I'll watch this space. I don't know whether it's at a neutral venue or whether it's uh, or how they work it out. Hopefully it's at a neutral venue so that, so that you can make plans because that could be that could be a dynamite weekend. Couldn't like it you say, trust. in Madrid or Lisbon, that could be amazing. Uh, yeah, Madrid, Lisbon, Belgium, maybe. Um... Yeah, Poland. No, not Poland. That's, is that too far it, east? It is. That's meant, to be, is. Uh, Look, when it's, meant to, be a, when it's, to be a wild night out in Poland. I completely agree, but when you're spending 5% of your GDP on defence, it's for a good reason. <laughs> All so, right. Uh, so anyway, then, I'll get back to you on that. I'll work out what the what the deal is. Yes. Well, anyway, yeah, let's um, work on that because at the moment we've got other matters in hand, namely four quarterfinals and some teams have been announced. Well, one team's been announced as we record this. That's the Irish team, which shows no changes to the 15. A couple of changes on the bench uh, because there's no... Robbie Henshaw's not back yet. James Ryan is out, but otherwise unchanged. And bearing in mind, there were big worries about Mac Hansen and James Lowe and potentially Ty Furlong as well. That's really good news for Ireland. Uh, but I ju- just before we get into the sort of substance of it, I, I just want to reiterate what, what we were talking about on the last podcast, JB. Yeah, go for it. Honestly, I think this could be... It has the potential to be the greatest weekend of Rugby World Cup matches ever. Yes. So I think this Rugby World Cup has given us the greatest single game already, or like a top five single game, Ireland-South Africa. Nothing has come close to that since, has it? I mean, there's just nothing. France-New Zealand was cool, but it was a standard test match. If there is such a thing as a standard test match, still very, very good. But Ireland-South Africa was the business. I suspect we'll have at least one more game like that, maybe two more. And then it's going to be semis. I don't think that's going to cook up much. And then it's the final. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This could be it. This could be one of the great weekends of rugby. Because unlike quite a few other times, there are no clear favourites. No. Well, to the, and that's what I was going to ask you. Like Before we get into like detail on any individual fixture, pitch or, or, or pick, sorry, like the, the easiest to call to the hardest to call, oh, ra- rank a... the fixtures. So I think the easiest to call is... I've got Wales Argentina as that. I think Wales are going <laughs> to win comfortably. I don't think you're right on that at all. Really? I well, think what that... do you think is easiest to call then? Uh, <laughs> it's not France. It's not France. Uh, France. I'd put France South Africa at the very bottom. That's the hardest yeah, to call. So it's not that. It's it's not Wales Argentina because that is. I think they're, they're going to roll them over. 
I mean, I hope you're right. But I don't think you are. I think that's going to be far more confrontational than people realise. I think that's going to be a really hard... Maybe you're right. Maybe it's that one. It's not going to be Ireland, New Zealand. That's an absolute coin flip. Uh, although Ireland yeah. do slightly shade it, don't they? I yeah, think... I think they do shade it, which is why I've got France, South Africa as the hardest to call. That is the, the tightest. Yeah, so I think actually the best games are the hardest... Well, as you'd expect, I guess. The best games are the hardest to call. So France, South Africa, number one. New Zealand, Ireland, number two. Wales, Argentina, number three. And I think Fiji, England are... To me, that feels like an England win. And again, yeah, I've, I've got a similar similar order, except I, I see Wales as the most clear cut winner. No, nothing's clear cut in these, but I see Wales as the, as the biggest. If we were doing a spread bet, I'd have Wales by the biggest margin. Well, let's talk about that a second. Tell me why. Tell, tell me what you're thinking. Argentina have been really poor. Yeah, they have. Yeah, no two about it. And Wales are all about defence, and I just. Don't I just haven't seen it. I I went to Saint Etienne, which is not a great city. It's 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 just an industrial city, and I went there just to see Argentina Samoa because I was really excited about that fixture. It was the worst game of the World Cup. So part of this is that I'm I'm annoyed at Argentina um, for making me help. Well, being part of me not wasting that day, but anyway, um, yeah. But they were really bad, and they were bad against England, and. I don't see them being good enough. Like, just Aust- um, Wales beat Australia, a poor Australia, admittedly, by a record score. That is true. Wales are good. Are they good? Or are Australia absolutely dreadful and rudderless with a new manager? I don't know his answer. I, I has, just has Eddie Jones gone to Japan, by the way? Don't know. Maybe for a holiday. Uh, did I see that? Like, I don't know whether it was on some clickbaity site, but anyway, anyway, um, no, I, th- I think Wales are a legit good team, and they've got. I, I look at the ten matchup. Santi Carreras is one of those guys, very much like Argentina. They could be a, a ten out of ten on a given day, like the time they beat New Zealand in Christchurch, like um, when they can turn up and win any game, as we know Argentina can. They can be a ten out of ten. Santi Carreras can be the best fly half on the planet. But he, he also has many, many he, for every one of those, he'll have three performances where he's a four or five out of ten. Whereas Dan Bigger is going to be your seven or eight out of ten every time. And this is knockout rugby. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. My only worry with this is the Argentina team has been around for a long time. They are volatile. They can win in New Zealand and they can lose to England in, in the way that they did. You know, so nothing's guaranteed. But they are packed full of quality. I mean, real quality—the sort of quality that Wales could only dream of. You know, just well, look. I don't know though. Gonzalo Bertrandu is your scrum half. He's he's not good. Well, he's not and, bad. I mean, and once you and once you take Pablo Matera out of that backline, whereas Wales have got guys like Tommy Rafael, who was man of the match in the last game, can come in. I I just think there's a massive drop off for Argentina. So they, I I think they have got real talent, but they've got real weaknesses or real lack of depth mm, as well. So. Yeah. I don't I, know. I, I just think Wales, I think this will be, well, anyway, I'm, I may be wrong. Wales semi-finalists, England semi-finalists, I said these two guys, these two teams go out in the group stage. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <sighs> God. Well, F- Fiji aren't done. You kind of feel that they, uh, they are going to draw something a bit like, I know you'll hate all this chat, JB, but lean into that kind of spiritual 
<laughs> instinctive stuff that we know Fiji are all about. Um, I mean, yeah, fine. I, I hope Fiji have all the spirit help in the world and smash England. That's what I hope. <laughs> They'll say, hey, do you want to know some um, news regarding England? I've just been sent. Is it the leaked team? Well, the Telegraph are reporting, which means it's the team. Yeah, it does mean it's the team. What is going on in the England camp that they cannot... Did you think they want the team to come out? Who knows? I think that they have a friendly relationship with Telegraph reporters. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type thing. That must wind other journalists up so much. I know. I love it. I imagine. I see, I imagine it would wind Steve Borthwick up no end. But... Yeah, hey, but uh, but uh, if it's what I saw earlier today, then Owen Farrell in the ten jersey, uh, George Ford are completely out of the twenty-three. Oh, well, I mean, I've... is that what is that what is that what the Telegraph say? Um, yeah, basically, um, yeah, George Ford is out. What what do you make of that? You're a, a um, Farrell apologist, or uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> a, a, fa- a Farrell a Farrellologist, the, the the study of Owen Farrell. What do you make of it? Um, well, I wouldn't drop Owen Farrell for a knockout game. Absolutely not. I didn't think George. Like, I think people have gone a bit overboard on on George Ford. Like, he's. I don't get me wrong. I would be happy with Marcus Smith playing ten, with Owen Farrell playing ten, with George Ford playing ten. I, I like them all. But uh, George Ford was superb in that game against Argentina. Yeah, he was absolutely superb. He was he was not good against Samoa, and he and he was okay. Um. In in the what was it uh, Japan it was okay. He had that one nice moment with a crossfield kick, but I don't, I don't think he's been exceptional. Well, he um, was, he was exceptional against Argentina. he was against Argentina. I do. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, for a, for a knockout game, I wouldn't. I personally. Do you think I there's dro- any? I wouldn't drop Owen Farrell. I, I know the answer to this before I ask it. But do you think there's any possibility that having Owen Farrell at twelve just ruins everyone at ten? Because no one's played particularly well there, with the exception of. Ford on George, occasion. George Ford four years ago, yeah. Uh, Marcus Smith has not achieved any real success there with Farrell. Uh, Danny Cipriani was not particularly successful. I mean, he gave a good fist, but you could tell there was some friction there. I wonder if it's just Owen Farrell at 12 does not work for other fly Yeah, qu- quite possibly. I mean, I, I, I've i been... Po- I think too... I've said this on the podcast at the weekend, so I'll, I'll try and be quick. I think if you can have every player ticking all boxes then great but short of that then i do think two specialist kind of creative forces in a back line is necessary in 2023 but the optimum way to arrange that clearly i will have to kind of revise what i've been saying for the last year or two which is two playmakers is good and i think ford and farrell can work as it did four years ago maybe rugby's moved on 10 15 seems to be the optimum way that you address that and and as a consequence maybe yeah you do need that Blunt, blunt force instrument at twelve, and maybe rugby's go, gone back to that. I and think equally, so. and equally, rugby's moved away from a more traditional type fifteen, and that creative force has to come in that position, as is happening with Thomas Ramos, with Blair Kinghorn, with Bowden Barrett, or Dmac. With... Has Freddie Stewart been dropped? Well, yeah, this is what the Telegraph are reporting that it could be Marcus Smith starting at fifteen. I like it. I like it. I mean, yeah, why not? Go for it. Freddie Stewart's not been very good this, this World Cup. F- Fiji don't kick a lot. No. I, I I think it's a... I mean, it's a bold choice for a team that wants to kick the ball away a lot. Yeah, I do really you bold, say that, but 
you know, the Fiji win against Australia was a tactical masterclass. There was a lot of kicking there. Yeah, you know, and they have a good they have a good goal kicker, which I know is not the same thing, but Lamani can kick from hand in uh, in in the box kick. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't underestimate the Fiji kicking game because Australia did that and it mm. well, it cost them a World Cup yeah, spot. That's fair. And what I will readily accept is I'll I'll take the the slings and arrows, you know, in 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 the defense of Owen Farrell cuz on merit, no, he probably he, he probably doesn't deserve his spot. Um uh, yeah, on, on merit, he doesn't deserve his spot, but I'm okay with George Ford being the one that misses out. Yeah, so <laughs> I have to produce, produce some more, I'm afraid, Tim. Yeah, Owen, Owen Farrell having a fight with Harry, with, with Harry Arundel. <laughs> what <laughs> I, don't what say you? Pod- I don't listen to grassroots podcasters making up scurrilous rumours. Well, I, I look, I don't think Andy Good makes up rumours. He's one of the more reliable sources and no. sensible men in rugby. But it was reported by the Wales Online, so go to town on them by all means. No, what what I would say is absolutely, I can 100% believe that Henry Arundel and Owen Farrell had a fight. And I bet there's probably lots of other people in lots of other team camps that have had a fight. In fact, I would be incredibly surprised if there haven't been punch-ups in every single camp. You wouldn't be surprised. You'd be disappointed. I'd be disappointed. Yeah, I'd be disappointed yeah. if they hadn't. Because, like, even at, at level six rugby, when we played JB, like Tuesday nights, there'd, there'd be dust ups. There has to be. There, there has to be. Is it like the the worst? The, 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 I'll tell you when the biggest punch, the biggest punch ups I've ever seen in rugby are is when you play touch rugby because there's kind of um, <laughs> yeah. no one knows someone the someone just goes a little bit too far. They just do well, it was meant to be touch. Hold on, what are you doing? And then someone sticks a shoulder in, and then and then before you know it, is whipped up because these the game is combat. It is. It is. The game is le- the game is kind of um, game conditioned physical combat. So it always ends up in punch ups. So that part of it, I totally believe. What I don't believe is that that is the reason why Henry Arundel was not selected for England. That is complete BS. Absolute BS. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd need to. I I can see it. I mean, if you can't get on with Owen Farrell, you're not getting on with the boss. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Ask Ben Spencer. <laughs> it just adds more fuel to your fire. Exactly right. No, I, I'm surprised. I was surprised at uh, Andy Good making that leap. Bearing in mind he's been in professional rugby environments. I've well, that's in, exactly why I don't I, think I, it is a leap. I've, a leap. I've, I've only th- been in se- um, amateur and semi-pro, and I know that these things happen. I'm I'm surprised to Didn't see I- someone making the leap that it has any effect on selection. Am I making this up? Did Andy Good not fall out big time with Scott Steele, the um, scrum half? Did they not have a to do? I'm sure Andy Good's had a few to dos with a few players. Oh, I know someone that would probably know the answer to that question. Well, find out for me. I'm sure yeah. something like that. Like well, happened. I just I just say that like I can't discuss. I'm not allowed to discuss the contents of it. But my brother has sent some little videos into WhatsApp groups of various things from training <laughs> when he was playing. Yes, I've seen them. <laughs> they they are very enjoyable. Now, dust ups dust ups are regular occurrences. So it's the fact that Andy Good has been in those situations and he feels it necessary to mention it, which makes me think, yeah, there could be something in that because I don't think. I think he knows. He knows exactly what's going on. He's he's the boy. Well, no, 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 no. So he knows exactly how to get even like um, long term podcasters talking about grassroots podcasts. Well, that is true. That that is true. Also, two things can be true at once. Yeah. I guess. Okay, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, as I like to say, if you can't punch your mates, who can you punch? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So, well, well, one of the guys that like at amateur level um, in a team that we both played in at Broughton Park, one of the people that I had the most fights with, I'm now coach. I, we we both coach our son's rugby team. Is that Biff? Yeah. <laughs> I had so many fights with him in training. Has, and we now stand on the sideline together. He has high, about. He has high shotted me so many times in like touch. <laughs> um I was playing very well one session, a bit too well for his liking against him. Spread my nose across my face. That was that was joyous. But you can't react. Like you can't react. You can't let it know. You can't let him know that it bothered you. You just gotta play harder. So I had to play a good ten minutes with oh yeah, and also you can't blow your nose, can you? When it's really yeah. bleeding, because it makes your eyes go black. So you just got to, you just got to stomach it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. God, it made me angry though. It made me so, so angry. I think he liked me more after I swung at him. Oh yeah, yeah. There are some people that just react to that well. You know, they react to it really, really well. All oh, right, okay. He, he's like one of us. Let's not. Oh, there's also the element of let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. But uh, where were we? We were talking about England, Fiji. And I was mentioning spirituality and you mentioned punch-ups. Yes, same thing. Uh, so um, I, I don't know how this is going to go. I really do not know how this is going to go. I, I, my gut feeling is England will have too much for them. But they have beat England recently. They pushed Wales bloody close. No, maybe Fiji will be fine. I don't know his answer. I just don't know. Uh, well, that, there's, there's a couple of questions. Have England got any better in the last couple of months? I'd say the answer is, broadly speaking, well, I don't, some people think yes. I'd say generally no. Um, why the no? struggle? I, the, the, the struggle I have, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on on Sunday, but there is no single area that I could point to and go, "That's what England can hang their hat on." Yeah. Whereas Fiji, Fiji, uh, it's huge physical contact offloads. And Set broken, broken field running. That scrum's great. That you know, that scrum's scrum's decent. Yeah. I mean, that stat they've only conceded line one scrum top. penalty. Uh, line out's pretty good. You know, the, everything's pretty good. Uh, you know, and there's enough supporting stuff that they do to make sure that when they go on the attack, they are lethal, and that's all they need. And they only need a handful of chances. I just think England need to embrace being the pantomime villains and and the one that nobody's cheering for. Make it really ugly, horrible, kick into space and then swarm them in defence. That's that's basically England's game. I'm not sure if it's a good idea. This I I feel that if there's a team you don't want to kick to and let them invite them to attack you, it might be Fiji. It might be that's Fiji. Why I, that's why I said yeah. make sure you hit grass and not hitting Habosi or or Tuisova or anyone in the backfield. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's space to run. I mean, like, I'm not a huge Radrandra fan, but he can run like an eight. And two us over can run like an eight. They can all mm-hmm. run like eights. Oh, my God. Yeah, do you know, if anyone want to kick the ball away to Fiji, I don't think they are finding grass. I think they'll try and find grass. I don't think they will. And I think Fiji are going to come out of them like an absolute train. And the more it comes to pieces, the more Fiji are going to get into this. Give me Fiji for the win. It's, I'll tell you what, the, the breakdown's a massive area. Obviously, it is in every game, but particularly with Fiji, with Lavani Bottier. Bottier, yeah. So that's another and, thing, isn't it? And with, like... England's game, and with England's ball being so slow. However, Matthew Raynal, who is one of those referees that scares me a little bit because he, 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 can, he can blow hot and cold a little bit. Mm. He's basically like the refereeing version of Argentina. He can be really picky <laughs> on stuff one day, or he can be just like, let it all go. But England had him in the Argentina game, and kind of got on the right side of him and he seems to be quite tight on the breakdown and uh, that that gives that fills me with a little bit of hope yeah it's in mm, yeah at the end yeah, the break you are right though to point out the breakdown it's gonna be fascinating because again it's one of those things where you expect England to have the upper hand you know laws is very good at the breakdown you know, particularly close to the line really really good probably England's most effective jackler which people don't expect you to say Tom Curry can come good at any time. And Ben Earl can jackal. So you think England have got this massive advantage, but actually Lavani Bottier is so fast over that ball and so massive and strong. It's not clear-cut. Nothing's clear-cut in this. No. Well, it's going to be a good game. Really yeah. good game. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, n- no doubt about that. But uh, So then the two games that we've said are the hardest to call. Let's go with <laughs> Ireland, New Zealand then. I legitimately don't know. So I think the loss of James Ryan is going to be massive because he just is. He's a massive player for them. Second rows win games, and he has been so good this season. Yeah, that's just big. He stepped it up to another level. He's become the player that we thought he and Maruatoji would would turn out to be. He has become that player in the last year. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? And he had that little dip before the Lions, which was unfortunate for him, which is why he didn't tour. And now he's sort of taken that disappointment. And I don't know if it's that disappointment in particular, or he's always going to be this good, or whatever has happened, but you're right, Tim. He's an absolute phenomenal player. By the way, for all the good stuff we can say about Warren Gatland, he didn't pick Johnny Sexton for the Lions. Doesn't When you look back to 2021, doesn't that just seem insane now? I don't know. I, I, no, I don't think I would have. I Even now, I don't think I, I would have. It's Johnny Sexton's playing well. I'm not sure Johnny Sexton is the magic ingredient to that Ireland team. Do you? Well, I, th- I think he's. I mean, that's what they've got. I mean, that he's the most experienced player. He's if you're captain. ranking, if you're ranking their players in terms of importance, hard to replace. He's probably top of that list. I would agree, except for the fact that he's regularly replaced, and that's the thing which um, is interesting about Ireland and Leinster. They regularly go uh, into a game with a backup fly half, and it doesn't seem to bother them. I mean, I, I, you know, in some ways, my criticism of Ireland is they've kept on this guy for so long, they've not let anyone really emerge beneath him. He's sort of like someone um, someone who sort of blocks the progress of youngsters. I, I think it's a real problem. But 
would I start? I mean, yes, I would start him because you've invested so much into him. To not start him would mean you've spent a hell of a lot of money in getting him to, to this World Cup in both. So you're calling Johnny Sexton starting for Ireland a sunk cost fallacy. That's exactly what I'm calling it. That is <laughs> literally 100% the best way to put it. He is a sunk cost fallacy. Luckily for Ireland, he's still very good. Very good. So, you know, it, it might be um, a worthwhile sunk cost. But, you know, he's cost them a fortune in salary. And not only his salary, replacement salary for equally good fly halves to fill his boots when he's not playing for Ireland or Leinster, which is coming from the same bank account, I imagine. Uh, the, the IRFU. Wow. Well, I, I think he's playing sensational rugby the last uh, the last year or so, even at the age of 38 years young. If you win um, a World Cup, right? Yeah, riddle me this: If you win a World Cup, say if Johnny Sexton wins this World Cup, Jonathan Sexton as he likes to be called, who cares, Johnny Sexton, right? Like you are at the pinnacle of your career. Would you agree with that? Winning a World Cup, yeah. How can this be the end? Because he's because he's got an unbelievably well-paid financial services job already lined up that he's already announced that he's doing. Yeah, but like, you know, you can walk into that whenever you want. You you've worked. At your craft, what has Johnny Sexton been at this for? Like twenty? He's thirty-eight, mate. Thirty-eight. He's just won a World Cup. If he wins this World Cup, sorry, he's not just won a World Cup. If he wins this World Cup, he's just getting started. Surely, this is yeah, it. What's the, what's the motivation? He's not going to make the Lions. So, what's the motivation? It's like, Why? oh, I want to win another Six Nations Championship. I've just won the World Cup. Hang on. Why not multiple World Cups? Just keep going. You're, <laughs> at that point, at that point in time, right when he lifts that World Cup, that's just I'm just imagining that he is right. He is now the best fly half on the planet, right? And he's going to give it up the next day. No, no, no. You've worked 20 years to get there. The drop-off is not going to be dramatic next day because you've just played the World Cup. You've got two, three. The best fly half in the world does not need to retire. This is what I don't get about retiring (laughs) at at the top. You just don't, do you? You could play for four or five more years. Well, maybe he is being carried by his team then, JB. Maybe. He's retiring. He must not think he's the best. Well, I, I think he's wrong. I would carry on playing until the bitter end. As um, I tell you who I tell you who has this in in mind, uh, Mark Atkinson, who was in the paper this week. Oh no, BBC Sport. Um, Mark Atkinson claims that he needs to be carried off a field at level seven or level or even lower before he quits. That's a spirit. Oh, I love that. Yep, yep. I love that. So if you win, if Johnny Sexton wins the World Cup, he should just carry on playing. There is no point in stopping. Well, there's no excuse stopping. There, there isn't, is there? You're the best in the world. Mm. It's not like yeah. you've declined and you have to stop or there's no more contracts on the table. You're the best in the world. So Ireland have got two of my favourite rugby players at the minute. I've spoken many times about my love of Peter Armani, but Matt Hansen, I, I love that guy. His story is incredible. It is cool. It is cool. The, the, the journey he's had from where he was completely overlooked not really just a jobbing player barman basically wasn't he traveling barman traveling do you know whose story this is similar to weenie atonio yes it is actually in fact there's probably quite a few of them although i'm suspicious on that one are you not a bit suspicious? 150 kilo man yeah uh just play, happened, yeah playing king lear no he wasn't no he wasn't <laughs> oh i can't believe he's so good yes you can yeah we we yeah yeah, yeah you, you absolutely can the other guy who isn't playing this World Cup, but I think last World Cup you definitely expect him to be playing, went travelling and ended up picking up an international cup for a country not of his birth is 
And he was a barman when he when he did it. No idea. AJ McGinty. Oh, well, has he got no? Hold on. So he qualifies for the states by residency. Um, that is a great question. He's married an American girl, definitely. Maybe he it's might, residency then. He might Maybe have dual... an American passport, but he was there being a barman. And that's when he got picked up by Life University. He might have played for America before he ever played for Connacht. He Bet played... he was cleaning up when he was a barman as well. I would suspect he did okay. Mind you, he's, he's too nice for that kind of carry on, Tim. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he so, played for USA before Connacht. And I'm sure his first or second game as Connacht fly half, he won the top four, uh, the, the, the URC. I'm sure he did. Or whatever that was then. Yeah. The Rabo, Rabo Pro Direct or whatever. Yeah. So I bet there's uh, loads of players that have had these weird sort of non-academy, non-linear club rises. But I, I just think Matt Hansen is awesome. He's breath of fresh air in rugby and we need to see and hear more of him because he's atypical. Just as a bloke, he is atypical. Like just him strolling around that time he just, uh, was it after the France, I think it was after the France Island match in the Six Nations and he just went out on the pitch did a load of autographs. He was just walking around the pitch in a pair of pants. And nice. Andy Farrell was just on the pitch laughing at him. You can tell Andy <laughs> Farrell loves him. And, you know, Andy Farrell's this this kind of, uh, you know, working class man from, from Wigan. Yeah. He look, he sees, he looks at Mac Hansen and you know he loves that kind of real earthy edge to him. Character. Um, yeah. You know, in... he's like, well, and he's like the opposite of Johnny Sexton. And I mean that not in a disparaging way, but Johnny Sexton... You know, came through. Was he Black Rock College or yeah, yeah. And then, uh, something like and that? And now he's going to retire and have a. You know, Matt Hansen is not going to retire from international rugby and have a job. I in think a, in a large investment company. Uh, you know, on on mega money. I think what you're looking for here, Tim. I think the, the sort of the phrase you're looking for, or maybe the reason these players stand out, particularly in Ireland and England, particularly England, not so much Wales, but you seem to get these characters. And I wonder if the character is because. They haven't been groomed to be a rugby player. They've not gone to a big private school. They've not been taught how to act and how to talk and how to, you know, pretend to be a professional. They don't have that persona about them. They're just yep. these natural characters. And yep. I imagine Mac, Mac is- Hansen needs needs a podcast. If if we could, if we if we had a, a spot and 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 a, and a rugby player wanted to come and, uh, you know, be a, a fourth wheel on on egg chasers, I would choose Mac Hansen out of everybody in world rugby. No, sorry, mate. We're full. Yeah, I know we're full. full. But there's no, full. there's no room at the inn. Yeah, no room. At the inn. I, no, but just stables full, Mac. Don't even bother applying. <laughs> hypothetically, that's who I would choose. Interesting, interesting. Well, hopefully, will he be in the stadium for the game? No, because it's no, in Paris. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Marseille for the two quarterfinals. I was going to say you might get him in the mix zone, but you won't now, will you? Uh, I think I'll be seeing him next weekend. Oh, uh, wonderful! There you go. Well, semi-finals. I think Ireland are going to win. Yeah. Now. Let's just move this on a bit. Uh, and I'm going to talk about something non-semifinals for just two seconds. Yeah, go on. Now, there was an interview that I saw the other day. And I didn't actually twig. It was a Scottish fan. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I, then, I, then I put it down. Now, I didn't put it down for any other reason. I just thought it was a fun interview. Then someone told me it was your interview. Is that right? Correct. There is a, a viral video of a Scottish rugby fan outside the Stade de France last weekend, which went viral because someone took it off of the Egg Chasers Rugby YouTube channel. It Is that a, what they did? It was an interview which I did. And it's come from your channel? 
It's come from my channel. Oh, no. It's had many, 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 many millions of views <laughs> on Facebook groups, on WhatsApp groups. Oh, on, mate. On Twitter accounts, and I get no... No! That's outrageous. I did not realise this. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of sorry for you, but I'm not really. You created that no, content. No, it's fine. That, it's that awesome. happens. It was, it was, well, do, do you know what? The way, the way I look at stuff like that is um, that... Pay. I, I can do it once. I can I can do it loads of times. Exactly. I, I, right. the, the moment that the thing that I because actually really I didn't have to do a lot with that guy. He was just absolute gold. But I think the one thing I did do, and it's a demonstration, is when you identify you've got something good. He tried to walk off at least two times. I was like, "You're going nowhere, sunshine." <laughs> Stay, I just kept him talking. That was the only thing that I did that that um that was of of any value was I identified. Do not let this guy leave. What I didn't do was get his number, get his details, oh. um, which I should have done. Well, but you anyway, should have because you want it because of because of your bloody YouTube proceedings now. I'm a, I'm not joking. Like um, he, I have had emails from. Yeah, TV I saw pro- one, and I couldn't work out why. TV TV production companies saying, and I, well, so uh, for example, the last leg. Yes, 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 uh, yes, on yes. Channel Four want to feature this guy. So they go, can you can you get put us in touch with him and stuff. So, like, he's gone properly viral. <laughs> love it. Well, I mean, I hate it on yeah, your behalf, cool. but I kind of love it. Yeah, I, I actually read that email, and I couldn't work out what the hell they were talking about. I thought yeah, they were trying to. Off- I thought they were trying to offer us that guy for our podcast. I was like, no, I'm not. I don't, I don't want that. And then somebody told me on a WhatsApp group it was your interview. Anyway, well done, Tim. That's a that, that's a really really good. Really good effort, really well spotted. Just shame you haven't been fairly re- uh, remunerated for it. It's all right. These things, these things pay out in in many ways. In many, in you know, I was the guy that got that, and I'll yeah. People are starting to twig that it was me. Jim Hamilton posted it out, and then followed it up with another tweet going, "I didn't realise that was Cocker." Yeah, play. yeah. So you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, well, and, I, and, and, and because I, because I was using the Talksport mic muff at the time, I've got them loads of. Uh, Free, uh, I bet they love the, it. I've got, the, I've got them thousands and thousands of pounds worth of um, uh, what's the word? Free, free. marketing. What well, do you know? Do you know? Maybe there's a lesson there, which is next time you get a mic muff, get an egg chasers one, and then go work yeah, for how, how can I get one of those? Uh, there is loads of. In fact, if you own a printing company and you want to print our mic muffs, just get in contact. Well, I mean, you, you say that the, the, the kindness and generosity and reaction of people. I'm sat right now in this beautiful flat in on the beach in Marseille. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in the camp of Antimoros isn't this, because isn't this how major politicians get in trouble, Tim? It's basically Anton has a house in Aix-en-Provence where he and his family live, but he has a place <laughs> on the beach. I'm imagining this, this is how, Anton, isn't it? This ba- is exactly had when he was younger. This is precisely the attitude, right? Which uh, got Boris Johnson in trouble when he decided to decorate <laughs> the number ten flats. Aren't people just so nice? It's uh, it's it's a it's a gorgeous place, mate. Amazing gorgeous place. Uh, so that's where I am. I'm, I'm back in the camp of Anton tomorrow, but I've enjoyed the last couple of days. Well, thank you to Anton for looking after Tim. Yeah, thank you, Anton. So we've done well. Let's just quickly talk about um, France versus South Africa. And the reason I'm rushing you is because you've got a radio spot in about three minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to dash. So, what do you want to say about that, Tim? Where do you think where do you think it's going? About France, South Africa. Yeah, hard to call. Uh, the the Dupont one is we're waiting. Interesting little jockeying thing. So, Razi Erasmus moved his team announcement to Friday. 
uh, say, and he was actually quite honest and open about it. He just said, well, let's see, I want to see what France do first. Yep, fair enough. And now, and, and now France have moved their team announcement to after South Africa's. Oh, have they? Yeah. Dupont on so the bench for me is, is the way forward. Yeah, I think there's some logic in that. But then again, if France lose and Dupont was fit enough to be on the bench but doesn't start, you can imagine them going, what were you doing not starting him? So it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? I think if he's fit and available, he will start. I wouldn't um, do this because the psychological effect of losing him, if you lose yeah, him, it's a great devastating. point. It's a great point. But then again, if you were Galtier, well, you can't. He, I, I'm sure he's belligerent enough and focused enough not to make a decision based on this. But if France lost and he's fit enough to play 30 minutes but not start, there'd be recriminations, I think. I agree. I agree. It's rough. This is, this is, it's easy to forget that Razi Erasmus, the journey with this South African team, they sort of won the World Cup early. He had his eyes on this World Cup, really, when he took over in 2018. It was Lions and then this World Cup. And the 2019 World Cup, they just managed to pull a rabbit out of a hat. I think... I don't know who wants to win this. I love South. I mean, I truly love South Africa and the idea of not seeing them play another game. I don't like that. I love France. The idea of not seeing them play another game. I don't like that. But I think the effect of on the tournament of having France get to a final in France yeah. would be amazing. Oh my goodness! So and also the future of rugby kind of relies on this team winning. So I'll be supporting France. I I just I just have a feeling about South Africa edging it. Um, but but then I think I'll tell you what the one thing with DuPont being out it's sort of left this little vacuum which Matthew Jalabert has filled and he's become bigger yeah. and better and you almost feel like France are in a better place oddly if DuPont comes back and is, is DuPont as, as we as we know he can be then they're almost in a better position now with Jalabert having had to assume more responsibility over the last few weeks well, I mean, then, they could, would, yeah. then they would have been with Intermac in the first place. I mean, France has got so much talent, and the phrase "graveyards are full of indispensable men" is never more true than in rugby. When someone limps off, that is just an excuse for someone else to take your shirt. And Jalabert has done exactly that. And in all honesty, I think most people who watch a lot of rugby would have expected that to happen. Maybe not quite as um, re- resoundingly, but it has happened. Hmm. I I keep flipping back. So I had a chat on um, doing a little Betfair podcast this morning, and and they pushed me for an answer, and I went, I think South Africa edge it. But now I'm I'm think I'm think I think I'm back to saying France will edge it. That this that but that is how tight this is, and I think the betting markets actually are the spread is like what a two points yeah. on this one. I think France are two point oh. favourites for this one, but I think that could that could be people when they see the teams if the pont is starting. I think. But here's one, because uh, I was talking about this. Again, it was, it was with a betting company, so that they, there was a bit of a focus on that. The one curious one was, and, and we mentioned this on the podcast on Sunday, but a Northern Hemisphere lockout, Acker. <laughs> England, Wales, France, and... Ireland. Uh, Ireland. Imagine. Imagine. It feels like it's going that way. I think that's why these quarters are so exciting, because I think in past years, there has been a couple of clear favourites to progress. There are no clear favourites. Like, no. It will change next week. So next week, week week by comparison. So just enjoy this weekend as much as you can. Yeah, quite agree. Quite agree. Have you got a game? um, No, I've got a weekend off. I've booked this weekend off rugby and life and everything else, really. 
because um, I want to go. You got your knees up. You're out. You're out. You're double out Friday, out Saturday. Double out. Yeah. So I'll be around Northern Quarter in Manchester, watching both the games, getting slowly but intensely drunk. That's going to be great. I have saved up my calories for ten weeks. Oh, Tim, I've got ring muscle ups. How good's that? What? No big, no no biggie, no biggie. Mate, that's, in, that's serious. Well played. Yeah, I've completed CrossFit now. I might, I might quit. Can you walk on your hands? Yeah, of course, I can do that. Oh. So tomorrow, can you? for yeah. how long? For how? For what distance? Uh, I've got a video of me getting across the gym. That's a ridiculous thing to be. I mean, it's it's ridiculous anyway. There's no point in life where you're like, oh, I need to. Unless you've broken both your legs, it's you've broken no both your legs, whatsoever. or maybe you know you need to for whatever reason it is get your eyes very close to the ground to track something and walk at the same time <laughs> maybe but why didn't you crawl but ring muscle ups could be the sort of thing that that saves you if you're if you're hanging yeah ring muscle ups are a legitimate life-saving tactic yeah. in a... if, if you're hanging from a, a cliff and you need to get yourself back up and game on you're in yeah so ring muscle ups are a thing that i can do now which is quite yeah Lo- lo- loving that that's impressive mate that's mm. impressive mm. i'm proud i'm proud for you oh well thanks done. really appreciate that well done right well let's call it a day then um yeah and uh we will reconvene on sunday yeah do you know what we need to do as well at some point is a a spicy bill sweeney podcast even if it's a patreon only one well yes and we've avoided talking about that today because i want phil involved because phil will actually read the quotes and the press release from the the pathetic council response to the well RFU response. Let's definitely get stuck into that at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I just 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 to say it again, clear your schedule, make your excuses, even get in trouble with the other half, whatever. Just do what you have to do to watch as much rugby as you can because it may never be this good, maybe ever again. Yeah, and also thank you for signing up on Patreon. We've had loads of signups. What on yeah, earth has happened? Great. Which is why we need to put a, a little spicy Patreon podcast up there. Maybe we'll put the council one up there. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what we'll do. We'll put the council one up there. You, then you can just go for it, JB. Make it extra spicy. Yep, fantastic. All right, mate. Well, I'll see you on nice Sunday, one. if not before. Cheers, bud. Let the boys play. Right, I'm going to dash to do, do my thing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.